Let's go podcast team. How do you want to start this? I think we just did. <coughs> okay. Right? Yeah, okay, that's an opening. That is something like an opening. And it mm-hmm. works for me. Does anybody want to tell them what the opening for? So this is an episode reviewing the film Kimi no Nawa, uh, Your Name in English. It's a uh, Japanese anime film from, I think, 2016 or 2017 <laughs> that... Uh, got really popular over there and came here and almost won awards and is staggeringly beautiful and a amazing story. And we're reviewing this on the Madness and Movies podcast. Where we talk about madness through the lens of pop culture and vice versa. And we find madness in the places you least expect it. My name is Andy Collings. I'm Emily Cutler. And guest Will Collings, Andy's brother. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. We brought in our resident anime expert, who also coincidentally happened to introduce us to this film. Mm-hmm. Who yep. also definitely needs to, like, share his wisdom in a public forum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't have that much wisdom. Yes, okay. you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's get on with this, then. Great. Should we start with the plot summary? Yeah. Okay. Basic... Plot summer. Oh, oh, are we doing spoilers or not? Yeah, I think I'm okay so. With I think we just have to accept that there's going to be spoilers. Accept in... it and move on. Yeah. <coughs> okay. If you want to see this movie, which you do, uh, pause this now, go watch the movie, and come yeah. back. Yeah, and it's it's a beautiful masterpiece, and I think anyone who's experienced any kind of madness or who hasn't can very much relate to it. So, um, hmm. yeah, you, you should definitely watch it. Yeah. Um... Okay, so, with all that said, this story follows Taki and... Mitsuha. Mitsuha, who are two people that sometimes wake up in the morning and are in each other's bodies. It's like, oh, crap, I'm Taki today. Or like, oh, look, I get to be Mitsuha for the day. With the inevitable groping. Hmm? With the inevitable groping of yourself. (laughs) Oh, look, I'm in a girl's body. Let's grab my boobs. I'm like, what is this downhand dangling in front of my crotch parts? What is this dangly thing? It's, yeah, they, um, so they start leaving each other notes, right? And, like, saying, uh, you know, hey, hi, uh, this is what I did today. Uh, don't forget to blah, blah, blah. Uh, and they start building systems and rules, and I'll do, you know, don't ever do this, and make sure to say hi to so-and-so, and and don't be late for work again, goddammit. And then they find out that they don't live in the same time, right? Yeah. I guess, yeah, it's kind of a windy roundabout plot with lots of twists, and it's not exactly linear, so kind of trying to smooth it all out for... Mm -hmm. They try to meet, basically. Yes. Because they're kind of, like, falling for each other. Mm-hmm. And they try and meet, and, yeah, basically... It turns out that he she's three years in the past, so mm-hmm. she's time-traveling yeah. forwards to be in his body. Yeah, so he goes to the town where she lives, because he's like, oh, I'm going to go meet this girl. She seems really nice. And he gets there, and the town is just a, a, a hole in the ground. It's been struck by a meteor. It's completely gone, and all of the residents are dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so then basically he takes it upon himself to try and save her from, uh, 
from this comet and save the town. By time yeah. traveling backwards into her body again, like he's been yep. doing. Mm-hmm. Yep. One last time, travel back into her body and warn the whole town that they're going to get exploded. And successfully saves the town. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the lesson. And then they go for eight years without seeing each other. Or like Eight? Going... Eight. Yeah, so Five like... for him, eight for her, right? Yeah. Oh, I guess so, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but basically they go for years without talking to each other, seeing each other. Kind of, They can't remember each other's names. Uh, it's kind of this dreamlike sensation of not being able to remember what just happened. And then finally, the at the very end, they The do... famous stair scene. Yeah. Famous? Yeah. Very famous. 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 I'll take your word yeah. for it. <laughs> they meet and, uh, yeah, and then they, like, kind of remember each other in some way. You'll understand, Andy. Those stairs are a tourist spot now. Legitimately oh. a tourist spot in Japan. That? Yes. Those? That specific staircase is now a tourist spot. That looks like the most generic staircase in the world. It, it is. People tracked it down, and it is a tourist spot. There are people taking pictures, going to Tokyo just to find that staircase. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's a big movie. It's a big mm. deal. Whew. Okay, well. It was so weird that, like, I'd never even heard of it. Yeah, other cultures have their own touchstones. Yeah. What is, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, but all our famous movies <laughs> other cultures have heard of. Okay, that's, that's what's true. so weird. Yeah. That's true. Everybody does the Titanic. I'm king of the world thing, right? right? right. Like, they'll, they'll be on, on any... Yeah. Anybody on any boat will inevitably do and do a king of the world at some point. Yeah. It's, it's especially weird because this came out while you guys were in L.A. And L.A. was about the one place that it came out in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, and we that totally was, missed we it. That was yeah. the one place that had showings in the U.S. It's so weird. Yeah. The one place? Why? Pretty sure. Because it's closest to the coast and because there's a very large community out there. I was I was always told I had a I had a friend in LA who was oh, he's gonna kill me Patrick I'm sorry I think he was Taiwanese, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah and he told me like I mean his his opinion was that LA was fine uh, in terms of Asian culture uh, and in terms of you know the best sushi place and the best you know. Whatever, but they like the further north you went, the better it got. They like huh. San Francisco Maybe it was and San Fran then. This in San Francisco and there. especially Vancouver. It was somewhere around there. It yeah, was somewhere on that coast. I'm not okay. There. It hit the west coast, but yeah. didn't bleed inwards. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. So, whew. yeah, there's a lot to unpack in this movie because it is very. Dense and tangly and... Very emotional. Yeah, and I think a lot of anime is... I don't know. what Like, we have Dragon Ball Z and we have Naruto. And that's what people think when they think anime. We have crazy action shonen shows, and that's all people think about. And yeah. they don't think about uh, shoujo <laughs> shows or seinen shows or anything like that. And that's where the real impact comes. Yeah. So I think it... The one thing that it does, like, so well, um, it does a lot of things really well, but one of the main things is that it just captures really well the sensation of, like, waking up from a dream um, and, like, not kind of quickly, I guess, losing the details, losing the information, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of having the sense of having been mm-hmm. in some kind of other world and then just rapidly, like, coming back to reality and 
um, yeah, kind of like feeling a little lost. And also the deja vu of like seeing something in the real world and going like, wait, crap, I know that. Mm-hmm. Do I know that? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I had a I, I, I had a dream once, like the, the most vivid dream I've ever had. I, and it doesn't matter what, I don't remember most of the plot of it. Plot, that's weird. I don't remember most of the plot of it, but I just remember breaking the screen on my phone. Huh. And just for weeks, just going like, like looking at my phone, like this is wrong. Why is this? Because in the real world, I didn't break my phone. Yeah, I just like yeah. going like this means something. <laughs> <laughs> Why does this phone feel wrong for weeks? Yeah. Who knows? May I travel to another dimension? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. After seeing this, I'm kind of convinced. In another world. I don't. So I. Yeah, watching this, this isn't something that we, like, talk about a lot. And I was wondering if you guys had experienced this, that, like, sometimes, yeah, after waking up from a dream, not even if it's a good dream, mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of dream it will be because I'll like, lose the information in a second about what it was about and I'll mm-hmm. feel, like, such grief that I've really? lost it. Yeah, I'll feel, yeah, I will have that sensation of just feeling like I've lost something major. And then it goes away and it's fine. I'm back in reality and whatever. But do you guys have that? I just just never dream. I just never dream. Have you ever chased it? Like, I've done the thing Mm. where I, like, wake up and it's not that I'm tired. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's that I can't, I'm not done with the dream. I need to get back in there. I I, I can't, I can't leave this unfinished. And so I, like, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But then so I, I like wake up and I go no 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 I need to know where this bus yeah, goes yeah, yeah, and I yeah. like put my you know stuff my head back in the pillow and like force myself to go back to sleep and like finish the dream and it's so weird that like yeah there's that continuity like and like plug right back into it for just that brief moment oh, you can I you're can. successful that's not, yeah that's interesting yeah, yeah. before yeah I'll try to chase it but then I'm not successful and then it's gone and, and I'm so disappointed oh. yeah. Oh, and then so I'll sad. be like, yeah, it's so interesting, though, how that's something that I've always just been like, oh, whatever, get over it. And I've like never really talked about that because we don't have language for that or talk about that as a daily part of our experience. But this or like, movie captured it so well. Yeah. Or we just don't like process it or we it's not mm-hmm. a thing that you think to share or connect about. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I like, <laughs> in some ways, I've had that sensation kind of just in general. <laughs> just walking through in life. life. <laughs> yeah. For the past, I think, few months, maybe. Huh. <laughs> You're like waiting to wake up. <laughs> or, or I'm just like, where am I? What am I doing? <laughs> now, is that a factor of actually being awake or tired or anything or is that more a factor of you're so exhausted that you're just in a dreamlike state <laughs> at the time because that's me it might be or like yeah. i work myself to death and i'm just like am i a ghost where am i why am i here it's like meandering through hallway right. and people are like yeah. dude are you okay and you're like yeah am i <laughs> am i <laughs> like, real i don't know i think <laughs> i just phased through you but i think besides that i'm good <laughs> And, but that's why I think that so many people who have experienced madness or who are neurodivergent or whatever, any kind of disability can absolutely relate to this because I, I think this is like a fundamentally mad sensation or the sensation of being just overworked or exhausted from life or questioning reality, whatever it is. Like, this is such a fundamental part, I think, of human existence that we mm-hmm. don't talk about or have language to think about. And this movie just like really captures it just incredibly 
Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly what you said. Like, I don't, I can't. There is no name for that sensation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You just there have to go be, through the whole yeah. story of the phone with the broken glass and the thing, and the other person goes, "Yeah, man, me too." <laughs> <laughs> like that's all. We've, that's all we've got. <laughs> or you have to. <laughs> you have to be texting. I have a little mad studies group that mm-hmm, we text a lot, and mm-hmm. occasionally we'll be like, "I just think I'm not really a person right now." <laughs> I swear we to said, God, I'm dreaming. Recently, <laughs> one, one of us was like, you are both people. <laughs> to, like, encourage us. Like, we're people here. We can do this. This is reality. But you like, do exist, yes. <laughs> yes. I, the one film that I feel like I can relate this most to is Blade Runner 2049. Mm, 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 mm. Never seen so, it. Yeah, yeah, well, you okay. don't know it, but, like, he is basically a robot replicant thing synthetic human that's like questioning whether he's real whether he's actually human or not and it's this existential crisis that and goes the, on for two so hours. similar yeah to... and the whole movie the whole movie is like twists and turns mm-hmm, you're just mm-hmm. a robot no he's a human no he's a robot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no he's a human no he's the chosen one mm-hmm. oh no he's not he thought he was the chosen one but that was an implanted memory so similar to kind of ghost in the shell I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Ish. I mean, similar themes. Okay. I That's haven't seen. I, have I haven't seen the an, I haven't seen the anime Ghost in the Shell. Just the Scarlett Johansson. That's good. Scarlett Johansson. Well, both. Both Scar- were good. Scarlett was fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Blade Runner does it better. Hmm. I could go on a whole side tangent here, but let's we're, not. Yeah, we're not going to. <laughs> Yeah, but I think that idea of just fundamentally, like, questioning whether you exist or mm-hmm. what is reality or not mm-hmm. feeling completely, like, <coughs> grounded in reality. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah. This, yeah. This thing we don't talk enough about. Yeah. Uh, can I, am I yes. allowed to spoil a little bit? Yeah. So Dude. I think this uh, relates most to, uh, there's a scene where they're doing this and there's like, this is so weird, this is so weird. And then the grandma goes... That happened to me and your mother. Yes. So that, oh, yes. so yes. that, that scene, was, that was like con- yeah. confirming everything. Like, it's okay. It, everything is okay. This happens to other people. Mm-hmm. Things are okay. Yeah. I, I that think was a big scene. It's fascinating yeah. and I, I think maybe meaningful that... I keep forgetting the girl name. Mitsuha. Mitsuha is the first person in the family. They have this whole family lineage and every single person in the family line has experienced this, where they, they dream that they're in another person's body. The way I understood it was it was only the girls, but I'm not only sure. Only the girls, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they, but Grandma explicitly says, like, I don't remember any, I don't remember any of the details of my dreams anymore. I never figured out who it was. It's all gone. Enjoy it while it lasts, because it won't stay. Mm-hmm. And the implication being that she's the first person to actually, like, make contact yeah. Somehow. Mm-hmm. Well, she's also the first person in a more industrial society, so she has the most access to that more than anyone else. Right. So her right. grandma probably didn't. Her mom might have. Her great-grandma probably didn't. No one besides that would have been able to travel. Right, right. Well, you're assuming that they're connecting to people far, far away. It could have been someone else in the village, and they go, Oh, crap, you? Yeah, <laughs> but I... But yeah, I'm guessing it's not because it's specifically related to the comet 
which mm -hmm. that hit the village 1200 mm -hmm. years ago as well. So I think it's specifically, yeah, it's saying that someone from another part of the country where like mm -hmm. this happened. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way I understood it too. So you were pitching a climate change theory earlier. Yes. I am going to debate you on that heavily. So we'll see. So, okay. Just to give some context, yep. um, when he returns in her body to try and, like, um, I guess, yeah, convince everybody that this comet is going to happen, we have to save the town, we all have to evacuate, mm -hmm. he's like, yeah, he's trying to convince people, no one believes him, everyone's like, how, how can you know this? Mm -hmm. They obviously don't mm -hmm. understand the time travel thing. Because it's hard to explain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And people are, this is a universe where that doesn't happen often, um, it sounds like. And so, yeah, that just kind of, they're called crazy. I think his dad or her, her dad literally is, like, going to call the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, get, her, get her institutionalized. <laughs> let's let's get yeah. you out of here. Somebody fix her. A psych evaluation or something. Yeah. Somebody fix her for me. I can't deal with this right now. <laughs> yeah. And um, that just, it just reminded me a lot of climate change activism and people kind of trying to convince our world right now, like, this is really serious. This is really, really bad. Something bad is going to happen and we have to do something. And everybody else just kind of ignoring that and being like, oh, no, that's not happening. Come We're not on. causing it. We don't need to do anything. Calm down. What are you okay. doing? Okay. In terms of activism, I can see that. But in terms of this <laughs> relating directly to climate change, this is not relating to climate change. This story. How? Oh. Go ahead. It's it's a comet in space with a 12,000-year oh. cycle. Okay, so you're, you're li like you're, you're saying on a more literal level. Like on it's a more not literal level, Global yes. warming. Or yes, this, is, oh, yeah, this no. whole story was not caused by global warming. No, 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 I, I wasn't trying to say that. Okay, okay, never mind then. <laughs> I meant as like I was like going to have a serious allegory. argument there. I'm like, a comet didn't break off because we're heating up the Earth. That's no, not how we're, heat, we're heating the sun. The sun is getting too hot. Yeah. We're heating the sun, and that's that's, that's not how this works. We're not overheating the sun, and it and it caused the 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 the, <coughs> the asteroid to break up because we heated the sun too hot. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying it's like a climate change. Just okay. the just the parallel. There's an allegory of, here. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and like we are having increased natural disasters that are killing people, and everyone's just like, oh, that's not real. That's not really happening. The best part. The quote where they go, it's so beautiful. I can, I look at this and I say, what a time to be alive mm. as it's murdering people. And yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. oh my God, this. Mm. That, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is so fat. Yeah. Where everyone's so like in their own like bubble in their own tiny mm. world. Like, hey, no one, I'm no one on my block is worried about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's super interesting. Mm -hmm. What a great time to be alive. <laughs> like, he didn't even know about the disaster. He didn't even no. know. He's mm -hmm. like, he goes back to the town and is like, what do you mean it's destroyed? Right, right. Like, like, like nobody yeah. gives a crap and no one's paying attention. Yeah. Yeah, I also, at one point, I, I really liked this part, that at one point he kind of convinces himself that, He's making it all up, mm -hmm. and the disaster just really affected him mm -hmm. so much that he mm -hmm. kind of envisioned this whole other person um, as a way to, like, humanize it. And 
I really liked that theory. I was, in some small way, I was kind of hoping that that ended up being true. And he did make it up, and it was just a dream, but... An you important know, dream. Yeah, and still a more truthful dream than the reality. Like, we all turn a blind eye, that's ableist language. We all ignore, like, all of these people dying every day and, like, horrible things killing people. And, I don't know, having a dream where... It's real and mm -hmm. where there's an actual person and a face and a name and all of that, like that, um, that's a way to humanize these things. And that's yeah. very true, even though it's, it was a dream and it was fiction to him. It was still something that's, yeah, I guess, truer than reality, truer than fact. Truer in the sense of like meaningful. It, it feels better. Yeah, yeah. It feels better. Yeah. Yeah, meaningful. yeah. Or not just how it feels, but it's. <laughs> I more true experience closer to the truth yeah more representational of how it actually was versus kind of the lies we tell ourselves every day that everything is fine and we're all fine and yeah there's almost yeah there's almost too many things that aren't fine to be able to process any of them right right it's uh you have to segment yeah gee what's the oh the simpsons it's it was the simpsons thing where mr uh what yeah hold on roll with me the old rich guy. Burns. Burns. Mr. Burns. Why did I forget Mr. Burns? Man, I haven't watched The Simpsons. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Burns, like, goes and gets a, a checkup at the doctor. Uh-huh. And he said, like, well, unfortunately, uh, you have, uh, you know, you've a hundred, a hundred various uh, diseases that could all, on their own, kill you. Kill you dead. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they look under the microscope and it's all the diseases trying to, like, push through a door and they all get stuck on each other. <laughs> and so none of them can get through and none of them can kill him. And that's why he's still alive. And he's just this, he, you know, he's this old fart that should have died a long time ago and he just keeps going. <laughs> um, it's like that with horrible humanitarian problems that we need to think about. Right? Yeah, We're like, absolutely. I don't know. Amazon is shit to their workers. Um Mm -hmm. Foxconn, right? The the world's biggest what? supplier of, like, hardware? I don't know if they're literally the world's biggest, but they're huge. Mm -hmm. They make all the chips for iPhones and all this crap. And they mm -hmm. pay their workers, like, nothing, like dirt. And when the workers started committing mass suicide, like, I don't, I don't know if it was out of protest or if it was just sort of spontaneous. I think it's uh, a cultural thing. I'm not sure. They hung gnats on the rooftops and told them all to get back to work. Right? Wow. Like, that's awful. Mm -hmm. That's awful. Just to be very clear, the Ivy Leagues of the United States did the same thing. Um, yes. Like, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure the University of Pennsylvania, where I went to school, we had a huge suicide epidemic, mm -hmm. if that's even an appropriate word to use. Um, and, yeah, I'm pretty sure, you know, no real change. We just put up a bunch of nets. Uh, I know Cornell has a lot of, yeah, nets and... Yeah. Barriers from jumping places. That's I don't ridiculous. remember yeah. I don't remember where it was, but I'm stealing this from a Malcolm Gladwell podcast. Um, but there was yeah, it was like a football player who had just, you know, whatever, the head trauma that football players get from playing football. And he like left like a suicide note that said like there's something wrong with my brain, I can't do this anymore. Oh Somebody please cut me open and figure out what happened. And then went to, like, the school library and, like, jumped off the top floor. Wow. And so they 
put a plexiglass fence around the stairwell yeah. <laughs> and said, and said, we're keeping our students safe. Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I felt like in some ways the movie captured that really well too, that there's this reality that you're supposed to be in where you just ignore the bad things and mm-hmm. go about your business and whatever. And then there's like the actual reality that we kind of are grasping at and we keep trying to hold on to this actual reality of like all of these awful human rights and nobody else believes you either yeah and everyone's like no 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 forget about it forget about it and you're like okay i guess just just what do you want to do for lunch come on don't don't be a downer wow you were weird yesterday let's move on from that yeah 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 Yeah. all the characters yeah that was fascinating to me that none of the other characters were like they were all like you were weird yesterday but they don't want to, like, ask how anyone's doing or, like, you sure you're okay? You know, or, like, like I don't know. Like, they, they sort of just sort of serve a couple, like, do you remember where your locker is today? Yeah, why? Oh, nothing. I just, you mm-hmm. you didn't yesterday. And so, that like, that's it. That's as far as the conversation goes. Like, they don't actually, like, care enough to dig or ask. Right. Well, that's also a little bit of cultural. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay, fair. Fair. Listen, explain this. Explain this, yeah. then. Japan is a much more conservative mm-hmm. uh hold your beliefs to yourself and mm, the main time you get to express your real feelings are when you get drunk or stuff but mm. uh the idea is play all your cards close to your face don't be too unconformative if someone goes like you know oh my god i feel really strongly at this you're supposed to go like oh well that's true but this is also true mm-hmm. so both sides are valid or things like, there was some story where uh, I was watching something when he was talking to uh, some teacher there, and the guy goes, "Well, my my cat might have died a couple of years ago, and just like couldn't take a hard stance even on the fact that his cat died. Wow. Like just just softball everything." Mm. I mean, I think the U.S. <laughs> is like that in a lot of ways too, but maybe to a lesser to a lesser extent. extent yeah. yeah. It's interesting because I don't experience Europe as like that as much. Mm-hmm. At least. I don't know. I felt like... So I, I went to Ireland recently and I just felt... Ireland. What? Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But it could have been because I was at like a mad conference and hanging out with mad people. So How long were you there for? Just for like a week. So there's also that. Yeah, there is. Yeah. But in general, I just felt a lot more like, oh, it's not so, yeah, conservative or, like, you're not supposed to, like, stuff all your feelings in. But, yeah, it very much could have just been the people I was around. Um, Yeah, you're in a weird, weird subsample. Yeah. But I feel like in the U.S., I think there's very much this idea, too, you're supposed to, like, stuff all your emotions down Remain neutral. Neutrality is this huge thing. Oh, show both sides. And everyone has a valid argument. And don't get too emotional. <coughs> I think in a much, much less way, though. Yeah, that makes sense. Because... I had to argue for this. Oh, because America values individualism, which really helps. Uh-huh. And Japan values uniformity in every way. So every school has one uniform. Everyone wears that one uniform. Everyone has the same cultural, I don't want to say mind speak, but everyone follows the herd and uh-huh. you don't break things or you don't 
break out of the community, everyone needs to be as one giant unit. I'm not totally sure the U.S. values individualism. I think to a, I think speaking too broadly about the U.S. I think yeah. is is trouble troublesome. That yeah. like there are very much like sort of this wild west ethos, right? <clears throat> you know, wild west is very, uh, yeah, individualistic. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, huh? It's egotistical, maybe. I don't know okay. if I'd call it individualistic because I still think you have to conform to the wild west ethos. I wouldn't. Yeah, you, and I would you still also have say, to be a cowboy. You gotta, I would yeah. also say that for that, that's the same reason that cowboy movies are very popular in Japan. Huh. Is mm. because you know one person alone doesn't do it, and so he goes out and you know goes out and fights by himself, and it doesn't work, and so he calls all of his friends, yeah. and so it's showing teamwork and solidarity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's which is a weird, weird interpretretion mm-hmm. that we don't see. Yeah. yeah, but they What's, see that in our movies. That's interesting. I'm trying to remember the path. I want to say Seven Samurai became Seven Samurai by Akira Kurosawa mm-hmm. um, was adapted as uh, the Magnificent Seven, mm-hmm. um, a western. So it was a samurai film to a western, and then I want to say it got. <coughs> I want to say it got reinterpreted back in as a different samurai film later that was like based on probably yeah magnificent seven but like it's just this fascinating interplay this bouncing back and forth mm-hmm. of those two genres mm. that's interesting but yeah i just i don't know i think we again this is going back to rudolph too we value individuality as long as it's exploitable or as long as it works within capitalism you know going back to the apple commercial be different what is it think different or, yeah, yeah 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 and Think different as long as it, you know, makes this huge impact and is extraordinary and over the top. And yeah, as long as you're Gandhi, it's okay to be different. <laughs> as long as you're a winner, basically, as mm-hmm. long as you're a leader. But if you're like a loser, that kind of different, that we don't like. So yeah, don't be that kind of different. There's still a certain amount of conformity that's required. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're weird like that. <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah i feel like the film did a really good job though of portraying yeah this um idea of someone who's having this internal experience this internal questioning of reality and yeah like no one cares everyone's just like move along Mm -hmm. yeah i also oh go ahead I was going to say, before we go too far, can I double back and just ask, like, this is just a question that occurred to me. I don't have an answer for it. But, like, just the difference between what we say we value and, like, you know, again, mm-hmm. we say we want individuality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Individuality. America is a nation where you can be anything and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And then, like, the, the separation between that and the reality. Like, I'm just, I don't know. I want to dig into that. Um separation more mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, i don't know like who, who does it serve or like what is that what yeah what's the purpose of that what, mm-hmm. what good does that do anybody or like where does that come from i don't know I'm, i want to just open the floor to ideas yeah okay emily I'm, first emily first <laughs> i'm like so fascinated by this topic specifically and oh i poked a nerve <laughs> <laughs> well, we've talked about this but like neoliberalism and late stage capitalism and the specific idea of like the narrative of progress that they have of like, Oh, 
we're moving toward progress. Anyone can be anything. Um, yeah, you can do whatever you want. This is America. This isn't like those socialist countries where they repress everyone. We just allow whatever you want to do. LGBTQ people can work at banks now. <laughs> and What's banks? Banks. Banks. Oh, places okay. where money... They can work on Wall Street. Okay. They, you know, banks. Oh. They, you know, or, <laughs> yeah, disabled people in the workplace. We passed the ADA. Whee! Um, so that they can go work. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, all of this, you know, even to some extent. Yeah, like, we're having lgbtq people in politics now and yeah there there's all this these ideas around like you you can be whoever you want we value diversity we value individuality but you know you still very much have to conform to a certain set of ideals and um put in a certain amount of like <coughs> i guess sacrificing yourself and sacrificing your time and your labor and your body and your mind for um, yeah, being able to live at all, being able to make money and, uh, have like basic necessities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or just be valued, have acceptance. That's also a basic necessity, which we love to gloss over. Um, but yeah, so like, I, yeah, I, I find that contradiction just completely, totally fascinating and can never like, yeah, talk about it enough. Yeah. Yeah. Will, do you have anything you want to throw in the pot? Mm, not really. I, I guess I'd say society is inherently and necessarily unfair, and we're working towards fixing it, but it's never going to be perfect. And while there should be strides towards progress, I don't know. I'm an outsider of this whole giant movement, so I don't... I would just say... Bring the outsider perspective. I, I, You're the audience standing. Okay. I don't even know where to start or where to begin or what people see as fair or unfair. So I'm just going to say society is you know, necessarily unfair and we should work towards fixing it, but that's not up to me to decide where or what needs to get fixed. I, can I go? Yeah, I think one of the... <clears throat> one of the more powerful things that I've... I don't know, ideas that's been planted in me in the last, whatever, five years or so, is just the question of who gets to define progress. Mm -hmm. That if we lived in a society that worshipped birds... Why would we? Okay. Then, to make an extreme example, yeah. then building a better bird feeder mm -hmm, mm -hmm. would be the definition of progress. Yeah. Um, that I'm sure... Uh, you know, uh, if you ask a, you, you know, whatever, Bernie Sanders, right? Uh, the definition of progress is better health care, mm -hmm, better mm -hmm. coverage, better, you know, more social safety net. Mm -hmm. If you ask, uh, I don't know, Mitch McConnell, whatever, Paul Ryan, the, the definition of progress is like freeing the federal government from the shackles of all this extra crap that's been stapled on, mm -hmm. right? Like it's... Uh, it's that those are when we say progress, what we really mean is my agenda. Right. Absolutely. We're making progress. We have to keep we're making the you know, if yeah, if you, you know, even just saying we're making, you know, we're making America safe for everyone or whatever. Like that's that's a 
mm-hmm. fraught narrative, depending on who you ask. Absolutely. Like, I don't know, the wedding cake baker thing, you know, whatever, yeah, Supreme yeah. Court case, Hobby Lobby. I mean, mm-hmm. like, there's there's a lot of, like, people who don't see that as progress. And, like, um... And, yeah, like, typically the issue is, at least the way I see it, which, as you know, yep. um, is coming... Uh, typically the narrative around progress depends on procreation and survival of the human race. And like, that's, it's very much this linear futuristic narrative of like future generations. And what do we want their living conditions to be like? And what do we want them to do? And we definitely don't look at progress as, you know, ending suffering by walking hand in hand into extinction, which is my new favorite line. Um, yeah, I think that I think that manifests in really interesting ways. Like I know in France, right? They're all I don't I don't I don't know. I, I'm out of date by about a week. Let's be clear about that. I haven't read anything about the state the state of France in like a week or so. Oh wow, I've never read anything about the state of France. So oh, you're... Paris is on fire right now. Like oh, good. riots, okay. riots in the streets. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Um. And I think a large part of the reason that there's like an uprising in France is because of uh, the, the the government said, you know, we want to curb uh, climate change. Uh, we want to carb, curb our emissions. Uh, we are banning, you know, uh, whatever, on January 1st or whatever the date is, um, any car more than 10 years old uh, is okay. illegal to drive. Yeah. Get it off the well, road. It's your problem. Okay. Okay. Um, and I think I think that really hits to your point <coughs> that it's. You're gonna cough more. Sorry, I'm still. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're about to talk about individual responsibility, and you just made him apologize for coughing. I didn't make him apologize. I didn't want him to apologize. I just needed. I just needed notification about how long I should wait. <laughs> all right, give it ten more seconds. Can I get all the coughing out right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah knock it all out. <laughs> <laughs> you happy? I mean, kind of. <coughs> this is a message to our listeners. Coughing is never your fault. Being sick is never your fault. Nothing no. is ever your fault because free will doesn't exist. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So to your point about focusing so much on future generations that we mm-hmm, ignore people mm-hmm. in the present, like yes. that screws a lot of people. Right. That needed the transportation and suddenly aren't allowed to drive. You know, all mm-hmm. they can afford is an old junk car. Right. And now they're not allowed to drive the junk car they can afford. And so now they're just screwed. Mm-hmm. And But it's all, but it's for the children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's for the children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea of the child is like such, I think, like a fundamental part of this idea of progress that we have. That, oh, there's the children. And we don't even think about children as people and we've talked about this i think we talked about this on the rudolph podcast that you know we're we're not nice to children (laughs) we tell them you know they need to be perfect basically and conform and be in school eight hours a day and do everything right and behave well in order for us to love them or whatever but we still hold them up as the reason why we should do anything as the reason we need to go toward progress it's for the children. It's for the children. But we we don't give a shit about like individual children or children as people. So we're still on the better end of that spectrum, though, in terms of 
less time in the classroom and less time at school. Yeah. We being America? Yeah. Yeah, it's just scary, though. Yeah. That's what's terrifying, that we're Most on the better Most of Asia end. is a lot stricter on that. I think France is a lot stricter on that. Yeah. Uh, I think Scotland, or I don't know about England, but there are a lot of countries that are a lot stricter just yeah. in terms of their children and in terms of the culture as a whole. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. I think we haven't actually mentioned the movie in like the last 20 minutes yeah no <laughs> we've gone down such a such a side path i was gonna say i'm here good side your... path a valuable side path <laughs> yeah and here is your cultural interpreter and there's nothing for me to interpret you're not even <laughs> talking about the movie yeah. will what's your favorite scene in the movie mm-hmm. hmm. and why is it meaningful i really like the scene at the very end, where they're standing on the mountaintop, and she's in another world, or no, he's in another world, and she's on the mountain. Are they? I thought they were both on the mountain at different times. No, he's in another world. Huh. They talk about, as they go up the mountain, look, now you're crossing into the netherworld, as they cross the stream. Oh. He's now in the netherworld. That's, that's weird. The, I didn't catch... I, I mean, I caught that, but I didn't really internalize that. Okay. And they're talking, and they're finally getting to talk to each other for the first time, and they go, let's write our names on each other's hands. <laughs> and he writes, I love you on her hand, and she Dumbass. goes to write... <laughs> and she goes to write her name, and as soon as she puts the pen to the paper... Hand. She, hand, sorry. She disappears. Yeah. And he's just left calling to the void... Who are you? I feel like I've known you my whole life. Who are you? What does that scene mean to you? Uh, I think it means a lot to me in terms of feeling like you know someone and then suddenly you don't know them anymore and mm. you're not sure if you changed or if they're changed. Or if that person ever existed in the first place and you just didn't see it. Mm. Or oh, the, yeah, the dark side of them or whatever. Yeah. Or if... I don't know. It just means a lot to me. Yeah. I can't express it. it yeah. Just, it's very moving. Very moving, important scene. That's yeah. a really good way to put it. Yeah, I don't know who you are. <laughs> Well, I mean, I forgot about you two days ago, so get out of my house, stranger. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I, I kind of extend that feeling to reality itself, too. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. feeling like you kind of, in one moment, maybe, like, feeling like you know what reality is and you know what the world is, and then in the next moment being like, oh, holy shit, like, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, what, what world am I in? Yeah. <coughs> What is this? Yeah, I kind of, I don't know if you guys have had this too, that I think so much of what I've been going through for the past like few years or whatever is just this transition into adulthood where Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. are constantly told as a kid that like, yeah, like the adults know what they're doing and you should really trust (laughs) them and like they'll, they'll guide you and mentor you and like, tell you what to do, and you just, as long as you follow their instructions, everything is going to be okay. Like, 
you just you just follow what they have to say you just make them happy and like you'll be fine and then you know what the best part is sorry yeah. to interrupt no the best part is when you get to a point they go now you're an adult and you're yeah. like here's all these ideals that you have you've believed in so long now you're an adult and you're like but i don't know any of it okay yeah but also for me it was just like the realization that like they don't know that their rules are fucked up that like their instructions are wrong that everything you've been told is just this like meaningless ball of like shit and like just complete bullshit and then they're like okay have fun bye you you do this on your own now and by the way, everything we told you is wrong. So you spend 18 years learning like wrong information and having to memorize <laughs> it and conform to it and work really hard to follow these wrong instructions. And then you're like, that didn't work. That doesn't work. What am I doing? <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think I put all that off and spend 16 hours a day just working? So I don't have to think about being an adult. I can just think about my work. Huh. It's easier. It's a thousand times easier just to put it off and ignore it and just yeah. do my own thing. And then get back and be stressed out for an hour or two and I'm like, I don't have any money. Fuck, I can't afford groceries for the next two weeks. What do I do? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't think about it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I notice I still fall for that. Just, you mm-hmm. know, now it's not adults. It's people older than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's uh-huh. anyone that's like 40 or above. Take, I take them at face value. Yeah. Right? Same I'm, here. Yes. And it's awful. It is. <laughs> Horrible. It is. I remember, uh, yeah, I don't know, a previous job that I had, right? They, the, the, uh, my boss was, you know, was a husband and wife combo. And, um, the first time I worked with the, the, the wife, I was like, wow, this is okay. This is how they do it. This is how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Great. I've got it. Mm-hmm. And then I worked with the husband the next day and it was like, oh, I understand now. This is how it's supposed to be. Like his style was so different. Mm-hmm. And he got this, he got, you know, they're, they're both working to the same end. They both got similar results, but just like, and just going like, wait, hold on. They can't both be right. And then as I know the more going like, oh, they're both kind of wrong in some specific ways and not all the ways. They know a lot mm-hmm. of things that I don't know, but they're also wrong in a lot of ways. Just, yeah. I still fall for it every time. I'm like, oh, no, no, this one's different. This guy knows what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, same here. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's good to know it's not just me. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think every, like, supervisor I've had, I've just been like, oh, they know what they're talking about. I can trust this person. Mm-hmm. Like, as long as I follow their instructions, everything is fine. And then yeah. just realizing, like, holy shit, no one knows what they're doing. No one knows what they're talking about. This is so scary. It's so terrifying. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Existence is a terrible thing, you guys. <laughs> that is how I felt after that, this movie. That's how I still feel right well, now. It's a, it's a happy movie. But it's a happy for, movie. For like two seconds. It is happy for two seconds. They get over the... <coughs> Yeah, they save they, they save time. the town and they meet each other and they live happily ever after. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that all happens in like three minutes, but most of the movie is like true, and <laughs> those last three <laughs> minutes are not. <laughs> and most of the movie is about how horrible existence is. I think. 
I think that's the point of the movie. That was my personal conclusion from the movie, is that existence is a horrible thing, and the fact that anyone has decided to inflict it on us mm. is just cruel and unusual and awful. <laughs> but it sounds like you guys had much happier interpretations. Yeah, yeah. What was what was your interpretation? What does the movie as a whole like mean? What does it mean? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't pull a huge meaning from it. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't know. I read it pretty surface level. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well? Uh, <coughs> I don't know. It's, it's a deep movie. I think I interpreted it more as a love story. Mm-hmm. And saw it more as these two characters almost against the world. I mean, that's quite, but these two against the world, I didn't believe them, and mm. their uh, friendship and finally relationship, mm. which I guess I shouldn't assume that, seeing it's not actually implied they have a relationship, but they meet up at the end. Yeah. So something. Yeah. Mm. I like that. I think it's a fundamentally happy movie. That's sad, though. Optimistic, maybe. Okay. Maybe not sad, but you said optimistic. Okay, I like that. Yeah, optimistic. Mm -hmm. Someday we won't be sad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For, like, three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Did either of you, like, question whether you switch bodies or... (laughs) No. Not, like, into a different body, but it made me wonder, like, what if I'm, like, a different person every time I wake up or every time I switch locations? What? Oh. Or... No. No. <laughs> no, just... I don't get that. I'm just in a really weird mode, way of being, that will hopefully <laughs> go away. Okay. No, that's, uh... <laughs> I don't know. That that definitely... I don't. You're not alone in that. Okay. Like, I, I don't know. I can... The most immediate thing I can latch on to is the CGP Grey has a video. It's called, like, the, the transporter problem. Mm-hmm. Where essentially it's... I mean, the, the first question is, like, what is consciousness? Yeah. And they say, like, you know, okay, well, if they're beaming you down, they're not... They're disassembling you and scattering mm-hmm. your atoms into the wind and then reassembling, quote-unquote, you on the other end out of materials at hand. They're not literally sending you. They're reassembling you somewhere else. Right. So, like, what is consciousness... Is that you? And then takes it a step further and says, like, what if when you sleep, mm-hmm. you die yeah, yeah. and some other creature mm-hmm, takes mm-hmm, over mm-hmm. your body the, the next day? Yes. Yeah. I mean, th- there's so many arguments as well as to why the self doesn't actually exist and mm-hmm. how, yeah, there's not one true version of each of us. Like, I have a version of myself in my head and I also have a version of Andy in my head and Will in my head. Um, and then you all have different versions. Of that. And, like, that's all very dependent on my, con- like, how my context is and who I am shapes how I view myself and how I view you. And, like, yeah, there's no, like, one true self or and, whatever. And none of that is stable either. That, that Right, right. That we, yeah, definitely. I don't know. I, I can... S- 
say that I know that I am not a stable self and that I change. Mm-hmm. You seem pretty stable to me, though. Right? I feel pretty stable to me. Everything that I can remember, I can reformat and reconform to the self sitting in front of you. That is so interesting. <laughs> I think Why? Because I think it's just normal. Yeah. Tell me. Tell, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because to me, yeah, it's, to me, you are also very stable or whatever, but I don't perceive myself that way. Hmm. Like, I don't have, like, a stable, intact sense of really? self or whatever. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah My yeah. sense of self is very stable. Really? Yeah. That's so interesting. I don't feel like I change very much to outside stimulus. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm just the same person doing the same things over and over again. And don't uh-huh. get me wrong, that's a good thing. Like, I love my life. Uh-huh. But I do what I enjoy, and what I enjoy is one specific line of work. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I do that, and... I don't have too much outside interactions, which I'm okay with. I just exist and work myself to death. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. That sounds terrible, but I'm really happy you're okay. This whole conversation is making me realize more and more <laughs> that I kind of want to move to Japan because their their culture fits in much better with me than mm. most of what we're talking about or most of American culture. Mm. Just conform... Work yourself to death. Uh, You'll do great. Live in a small apartment. Yeah. Huh. Much better. Much easier for me than American culture. It's so weird. What? <laughs> nah, not weird. I shouldn't. I shouldn't judge, but just yeah. I don't know. I feel like working yourself to death. That's a very American thing. Not the same way. Yeah. In Japan, uh. Being the first person to leave work is considered extremely rude, and there's competitions every single night for staying out the latest. Wow. And so it's like, you'll get three hours of sleep or four hours of sleep, and sleeping at your desk is a common thing, because that means you're working yourself hard enough you're actually physically passing out at work. Wow. Yeah, it's a much harsher environment, and I feel like that's more where I fit in. Mm. Wow. I do that shit all the time. Mm. That's interesting. That's making me think that pain tolerance is linked to having a stronger sense of self, so I'm going to think about that. Hmm. Try to develop yourself into a more stable personality. Why should I say weird? That's that's a fascinating... Okay. Yeah, I think that's a thing. Like, I think if you have more pain tolerance, it means that, you know, the explanation or whatever the standard explanation would be that your mind is more in control of your body right Mm, okay so naturally that would lead i think to a more stable sense of self that okay like i'm in control of my body like i know what i'm doing with this thing because you can this meat puppet (laughs) (laughs) this stack of meat as we've called it because you can like yeah, tolerate pain things, yeah. and like yeah, obviously like working yourself to death and everything. That's very much like it. That takes a high pain tolerance. And I'm not placing a value judgment, or I'm trying not to as much as possible. Like I don't think it's bad or good or worse or better to have a stable sense of self or not, or to have a high pain tolerance or not. It's just more trying to like connect <laughs> things. Yeah. Huh. 
Okay, yeah, I think Jay Watts, I'll have to look at this, said that self-harm a lot of times lets people know that they exist, and that's why they hmm. do it. And, hmm. um, yeah, that, that makes me think, because it's kind of like a mind-over-body thing. Mm -hmm. hmm. I mean, that's about all you're going to get out of me, just <laughs> Sounds reasonable. I've never done that, so I'll take your word for it. You've harmed yourself. You just don't... Society wouldn't classify it that way. Sure. <laughs> Everyone <Okay>. harms themselves. <laughs> yeah, Only I, some things get called explicitly self-harm and some don't. Yeah. And when I did track in high school, like, this was, like, this. I, I still, like, think about this. This is, like, a fascinating rewiring of the brain is that I was taught and like and internalized right like pain is good mm -hmm. pain means you're doing it right oh yeah 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 mm -hmm. I, I still live by that why do you yeah. think I was, I was training for a marathon over the summer and i ran for a week or two on a knee that hurt wow why do you think i did that because i'll grow out of it look well, i'll grow out of it and it's fine well <laughs> That's not self-harm. That's pushing through the pain. Oh, my God. It's worth it. The result is worth it. Yeah, you're, you're, you're doing it to yourself, <clears throat> though. It's not... Because it's socially condoned, it's not classified as self-harm. But it is. Harmful. Except I don't think it's harmful. Oh, okay, that one physically was harmful, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I... It's, it's pain that you're doing to yourself. Mm -hmm. I want to debate that, but I can't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's put it like this. It's not considered self-harm if I don't think about it and just <laughs> fucking do it. If you don't think about it, it's not anything. Just move on with your stupid life. That's my goal. That's my... This is... That's my mindset. This is the Mr. Burns, like... <laughs> virus is trying to get through the door analogy like you're very much just adding it to the pile and just like I'm not going through here nope, mm -hmm. nope. I think okay. I'm too stubborn yep <sighs> closing thoughts anybody um okay well one thing I did want to say is that this film could obviously be read as like a multiplicity film I think yeah. The idea of switching bodies. Um, Might was... also be a good trans activism Uh-huh, yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. I was thinking that. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. And multiplicity and trans activism are inherently linked in a lot of ways. Okay, I don't know what multiplicity is, so let's say yes and move it's, on. It's when multiple people exist in one body. You might know it as split personality. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I don't know, I'm curious if there's been any multiple readings of this, or, yeah, plural mm. activism, plural activists who have written about this or anything, so I'll have to look that up. Yeah. But, yeah. Exciting stuff. Yeah. I guess if I moved to Japan, then you've all been warned. <laughs> <laughs> Did this just occur to you right now? No, I've been thinking about this for years, and wow. just this discussion is like, so, like, settling something. Yeah. Mm. 
It's more like a, oh yeah, Japan would be a really nice place, and oh yeah, I really morph into the culture, and then the more we're talking about it, the more I'm like, yeah, and I feel like I absolutely uh, feel less and less like I fit in here. Hmm. Yeah, I'm out of stuff. Yeah, so basically, just to summarize, existence is bad. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's that's the summary that we're going to give. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. If you've learned anything from this, it should just be that existence is horrible. And that sometimes traditions should be kept, even if you don't remember why. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of the I movie. guess. Yeah. That was, a, that was... That is interesting. That is. Cool. Well. <laughs> well. Good night. Bye, everybody. Mad love. See you later. Or probably not. Yeah. <laughs>